0: Good. Good.
1: Good, now. good evening and welcome to this week's kicking grass uh, my name is harry uh one of your co-hosts uh, the other co-host is david how are you doing
0: i'm doing pretty good harry good to have you back
1: yeah i'm glad to be back uh on spring break doing uh some yard work, so uh, good to kind of sit down, get off the feet for a little bit before I have to finish it tomorrow, but or hopefully finish it tomorrow. So we'll see how that goes here. How's your week going so far? Oh,
0: well, it's only a little bit into the week, but I guess it's a week. It's <laughs> Spring break doesn't mean much to me here, except that the traffic in Austin diminishes
1: significantly. So that's always a good thing. Hey, that's a positive, right? Right? <laughs> So you had a couple of questions for me from last week's episode here. Um, There's one that I don't have an answer on. um, So if you'll ask that first and then uh, if you ask the the fitness question, um, uh, I I have maybe an idea and we'll see if if you think it has some validity.
0: Yeah, I just since we weren't able to talk to you much last week, uh, we didn't talk to you at all on the show. uh, Just get your impressions if there's anything from the show last week that uh piqued your interest maybe but i did have a couple of follow-ups i think the first one that i'm just left scratching my head was uh john brought up at some point about uh musajite Mm -hmm. that there was some questions that people had questions or experts had questions about his positioning and the runs that he made and things like that and Honestly, that was the first time I've ever heard that, and I just wanted to see... I hadn't heard it either, so... Yeah, I just wanted to see what you thought, if you had ever heard that, or where that was coming from, because that caught me off guard, to be candid. And I've, I've just never heard that, and if there was any kind of background to that, I was I was hoping you can give me some insight on what yeah He hasn't had enough playing
1: from. time to really say that, though, right? Well, I, I guess he would
0: had never 90 minutes, but he had significant minutes toward the end of last
1: season he's averaging 17 minutes per game for this year right it's a it's a different you can't you can't compare last year to this year and we'll get on to that you know when we talk about Austin here you know that that's like to me it's like comparing this Austin team to last year's Austin team. You can it's you know, they've had a year of growth. They're they're not an expansion team any longer. They have, in my opinion, you know, they're playing very well, um, you know, for that here. It's so maybe last year, you know, was there probably some uh, cases when he came in? Sure. But I'm more concerned this year that he's only getting 17, you know, 17 minutes a a game. And averaging 0.03 shots per game, so right. to me, that's the bigger issue. He's averaging six touches. He's not. He's not. He's. He's not involved in the game enough. Now, is the reason why he's not getting touches? Is the reason why he's not getting on the field? Is because he's not understanding the wolf system. Then, is that not on Wolf and, and the coaching staff? That would be my take on it. So, you know, but, unless... but again,
0: just visually, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen any kind of position or run issues, and I haven't seen a lack of understanding when he comes onto the field. He, he's looked great every time he's been on the field with the exception, I would say, of the Miami game where he looked good, acceptable. Um, but I thought against uh, both Cincinnati and, Portland, which we'll talk about. I thought he looked great. I thought they looked very dangerous, and he looked dangerous last year as well. So I, I, I'm not seeing that, but
1: uh, I just kind of wanted to throw but that. There's got to be something there, though, because yeah, you would think he's what 22. Yes, and you know, Maxi he's 30, 31, right?
0: or 32 somewhere around there. He's 31 when we signed him, I
1: think. And, and I understand he's got experience, and you know. He he's, you know, I, I haven't heard anybody complain about him um, by any means. Um, he's got no goals. He's got one point three shots, you know, per game. Well, he has a goal though.
0: One of the, that Cincinnati goal was his. I know they made so, it an own um, goal, but that was him.
1: <laughs>
0: Still, See, he gets he gets credit stats, for that. No goal. <laughs> no, he gets credit for that. But one. no, no,
1: no. You, <laughs> but, you know, just just looking at the stats, you know, you know, like said here. To to me, that's that's my question is. There's got to be a reason that we're not seeing. Now, you know, Maxi's, you know, you you can't, even this game against Portland. Well, well, let me ask you that then. Wait, before we
0: move on to that, before we move on to that, tell me this. How many goals does Maxi Arruti have?
1: (laughs) What? Right now? Yes. (laughs) Well, you said one, although the record says zero.
0: No, Maxi Arruti has zero. So if you're saying the problem with GTA is he has no goals even though he does really have one but he doesn't because it was an own goal well Maxi Aruti has zero goals playing 70 something minutes a game on average
1: well that's what I'm saying though is there's got to be a reason why he's not in the starting lineup Now I'm not in Austin you know I, you know I'll you know fully you know I I you know full disclosure it's you know, I have it on and I'll watch it, especially, you know, when San Antonio's away here, you know, uh, this week here, I caught the highlights of it here and I haven't had the opportunity to, to go through and watch in details of it, but the highlights, you know, the extended highlights showed, you know, you know, showed up quite a bit, you know, of the back and forth of that game to mm-hmm. where in, in what Austin scored 10 goals on the year so far. Yeah. So the off the offense is clicking is, is to me, is that the reason why they're not making any changes? Because, you know, Hey, you're scoring, you know, what five, you're averaging five goals a game for the first two and, and, you know, you know, and put up a goose egg in, you know, in Portland, which is not, not a bad result, a little bit unlucky if, um, yeah, I think, I think most would feel. Yeah. So, um,
0: so before we get to Portland though, cause I have a lot of thoughts on that obviously, but, um, the other kind of follow up from last week was we had a bit of a back and forth although not much about um the fitness issue and i think the GTA question in my mind also Always rolls into the fitness question um and you might have some opinion on this uh so... more than you, more than you had on GTA, but the austin seems to have a uh don't want to say a habit or a refrain of having players come in who are not starting and the reason that's being given the explanation that's being given or as i said the excuse is that their fitness is not up to par yet for them to be able to do that and it's happened with probably at least five of the players who've come in internationally over the last last year in this season um however we don't see any fitness issues quote unquote for the players coming in from college or MLS transfers Finley or Maxi Aruti or Kip Keller this year, for example. Um, so I just have a question as to what, what you think that is. I mean, I obviously have my, um, my suspicion wheel turning a little bit but it just seems uh, odd to me that we keep having all these players with supposed fitness issues um that can't get on the field because of that in theory
1: yeah i don't i don't think well i think fitness is a code word for them to give the players time to adjust to wolf adjust to austin adjust to mls adjust to life here in the united states so i think that they just put it under fitness you know because you don't want to say hey it's 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 you know we're, we're trying to bring him up you know as a learning curve if if let's say wolf system's a little bit harder to adjust to but i think it's just more i you know and, and you know i think like you said here it's it's an it's it's an excuse um I, I think it's just more of a code word that they use to you know to say hey he's he's out for fitness reasons but I don't think that they're just talking about fitness and physic. You know the physicality of it. Um, I believe it's more the fitness, just overall mental health and and that that aspect of it as well. And, and adjustments, just it, it's a huge adjustment to you know go from abroad, especially if you're relocating your family. You know, getting used to Austin traffic, as we discussed earlier. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's just an adjustment, and and part of it may be a, a little bit of you know hey getting paperwork finalized through mls in some cases through you know other things along those lines you know with with the paper trail but yeah it's these are professional athletes so it's it's if you're having a fitness issue like that then you know you're in the wrong league in my opinion
0: yeah so it's more in your mind it's more of an acculturation issue not a physical fitness issue
1: yeah it's i think i think you know cuz fitness can mean more than just you know hey can you run up and down the you know that you know up and down the pitch you know are you and, and some of it to be fair you know especially if you're coming in in the summer you're you know you haven't played what since Aprilish, so some of it may be a little bit on that getting up to you know soccer speed you know you may be fit but there's a difference between you know between open of cap fit where you know hey can you, can you run great and being fit for a soccer match so there's probably a little bit of that, but you know, to, to me it's...
0: True, it, but it's, like this year, they weren't coming in in the summer. They were coming in in February.
1: No, so,
0: no, you have... No, I, 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 I mean, Gabe, to me, Gabrielson and Keller is the prime just example. You've got somebody coming in from France in February who's been playing professionally in France that needs to learn the system and get used to it, and then Kip Keller, who's coming from NCAA in February, who's not been playing, and then has to, and he's able to start right but, off the bat.
1: But he's whereas Gabrielson can't
0: because he's not fit for play, and I guess that could mean something other than what it sounds like to the
1: well, to it's, the populace it's, when it said. For Kip, it's not it's it's not a culture change. No,
0: you know, it's a it's a league. It's a step up in competition, though.
1: Right, you're yeah. going from college. Correct. You know, graduated from college. You're ready to move on to the next next step of your life. Right. Um, now there's some adjustments there, and I think most people didn't think Kip was going to start. You know, you know, listening to it, uh, you know, some of the pre, you know preseason stuff here, they didn't anticipate Kip, uh, Kip was going to be starting. Um, to, you know, just to be fair, uh, for that here. Right, but he ended up starting over Gabriel's in the
0: first two games. Now he didn't against Portland. So Portland was the change. Should we just go ahead and get into the Portland rundown? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So uh, it was a rainy day in Portland. Shocker there, right? Um, Going up to Providence Park is never easy, but Austin went up. I thought they played pretty well. It was a 1-0 finish. As you said earlier, a bit unlucky for that 1-0. A bit unlucky because there was, in my mind, not only one but two handballs in the area that either one or both could have or should have been penalty kicks in Austin's favor the first one they did not even review on var the second one they did and waved it off even though the second one seemed like a blatantly obvious handball that was reviewed on var and to me that has to be why why do you not cuz I, I don't understand it wasn't if you're going to have var that
1: that's that Depending was not clear on which and obvious to you? you saw
0: you you did not think that was a clear and obvious handball I didn't No. <laughs> okay well see that's I don't understand how people can have two eyes and see the same thing and see them <laughs> so vastly differently because to me that was time. a clear and obvious <laughs> handball in the area he moved his okay it wasn't a handball it was an elbow ball he moved his elbow out to block the shot hit the ball. <laughs>
1: That's a, that's a penalty kick in my book. So um, if, well, if the ref would have called it, they weren't reversing it. So whatever, the, <laughs> I think whatever the ref made that, this made the decision on is what it would be. Now I think that goes more to, and, and this is not a, you know, not a a dig at Portland or, you know, Providence park or anything along those lines, but it's, it's not a, it's not the, best when it comes for you know capturing the game on tv with the correct you know lines and along those lines here you know compared to like q2 stadium or you know along those lines here because it's not a proper you know proper baseball or proper football stadium because it was a a baseball stadium originally now it's so and i think that's where kind of that issue comes into you know in portland is you know, maybe at Q2 you get a clearer look, and, and you can make that determinations because the sight lines are better on TV and, and with the video. But with Providence Park, you know, as much as it's on the bucket list to go see, there are some disadvantages when it comes to it, and and it's just you know there, there's nothing Portland can do about it. It's just the makeup of the stadium that they play in. They'll most likely never leave that stadium, you know, bar, you know barring you know something unforeseen, but to me like i said here i i didn't think it how it was how it would have been called if they would have called a pk i wouldn't have any objections to it if they didn't call it you know it's one of those that that it's not that clear and obvious now as an austin fc fan you know obviously you see things a little bit different just like when it comes to san antonio my uh you know my vision's a a little bit different sometimes on on, (laughs) on some of the basic calls so
0: Fair enough, but I would, I would say any team that had that happen to them, I would say that should, that should have been a penalty kick in my book.
1: But, and let's be honest, Portland, like Seattle and Atlanta, uh, get some of the uh, calls.
0: Yeah, I don't disagree with that either. It was a yellow card filled affair. I thought he was pretty generous with the yellow cards. Um, as you said, unlucky not to get away with something in that game. I thought it was a fairly evenly played game mostly, but then we will always kind of spiral it seems into my um, refrain with Austin FC and why I am a bit pessimistic on the outcome in the season is I felt like there were some terrible coaching decisions in that game that I don't know if it would have changed the outcome, but i certainly think it might have changed the outcome if they had not done that so let's let me go through that a little bit and i want to get your impressions on that because this is kind of my fear as an austin fc fan and as one who's not impressed with uh, wolf so far is things like what happened in the portland game so again i thought the players played really well but the first half was good he came out in the second half and swapped Cecilio and Diego, he sent Cecilio um, in, to the right side and Diego over to the left side to start out the second half. For that some. Is, well, it,
1: Cecilio came out in the 74th and uh, uh, Redis came No, no, no. I'm
0: talking about the start of the second half. Oh, the one flipped. Minute. Okay.
1: Yeah. They flipped. They yes.
0: Flipped, they flipped. He flipped Diego and. But Cecilio um, wasn't Cecilio. doing
1: anything in the first half, though.
0: Oh, but he was god awful in the second half. <laughs> so. That, and that kind of leads to my point. I get the impulse to try to throw something different at them when it's a 0 match and try try something unexpected and give them a different look and maybe you get a different matchup and maybe it worked, but it clearly was not working. And Cecilia was just terrible, in my opinion, in that second half. I thought he was pretty good the first half, actually. Um, but the second half he was not. Um, and I think it had to do with him playing out of position. So to me, a normal coach, after seeing that for a little while, would go, okay, well, it didn't work. Let's switch back. But he didn't do that. He was stubborn. He stuck with it. He stuck with Cecilio over there. I thought Cecilio had a hand in leading to the goal that Portland scored, actually. The response I, – I, I thought that he should have made the switch for Valencia sooner than he did because Pereira was out of control at that point. He had a yellow card and was fouling and could have been a red card a couple of times for a
1: second yellow.
0: Um, that so I'll chalk that, up that to that the was judgment in a
1: judgment. 66 call. minute, right. 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 I'll, I'll chalk that
0: up to, you know, that's a borderline. That's a judgment call type of issue. So I'll, I'll give him that one. But he never switched Cecilio back. And so the what he did was put in Finley, which is fine, right? Mm -hmm. But instead of taking out Cecilio, who was playing like garbage and had been injured the game before and had to come off the field with an injury, instead of doing that, he took off Diego Fagundes and kept Cecilio out of position. Then he flipped Cecilio and Finley to put Cecilio back in the correct position. But about two minutes later, Cecilio was asking for a sub and had to come off the field. What that ended up doing was Cecilio had to come off. We were down a goal and then had to put on Rodney Redis to try to go win the game. We didn't have Diego or Cecilio on the field. And PS, and by the way, he used our fifth and final sub on Rodney Redes because he had used up all the subs by then at about the 73rd, 74th minute. minute.
1: 74th minute, yeah.
0: Um, With five minutes of stoppage time, we went 21 minutes in that game with no sub available in this era where we have five subs. <laughs> and to me that's just mind boggling how you can in how you can end up in that position as a coach. To have no subs and Rodney Red is on the field to try to go win you the game in Portland at the end of that game. That to me is what I'm talking about when I say I don't see the maturity as a coach and he makes bad I think he's been good. I, I want to give him credit where credit's due. I think he's done a good job of getting the team ready
1: Here's prior push to the game. Here's why I'm going to on you, though. Because you mentioned okay. Cecilio came out because of injury, right? Right. So he wasn't planning on subbing him out. Well, but again, no. Uh, what I was saying is that Cecilio came
0: out last week against Miami for an injury. He was coming into the game nursing an injury already
1: so really your issue is that they they should they should have shouldn't have subbed out diego um should have left him on and subbed out cecilio you know for finland is that's where he that's where he made the mistake because you mentioned uh one of a couple i mean the first mistake was
0: I'm not going to say flopping them at the start of the second half was a mistake, but But leaving them switching. Right. But when it doesn't work, you don't keep doing it because you're stubborn and won't adapt and won't change. And that's the problem I did
1: switch though. So he did switch
0: 20 minutes later, (laughs) but you got to give it some time, not 20 minutes, not when it's that bad, that obvious, that quick. I mean, that's part of the issue. And then yes, if the problem is Cecilio, you take off Cecilio. You don't
1: so, here's Because you're force... talking about this. Here you're talking about the subs. So, yes. uh, you know, for Diego for Valencia, you you know, you mentioned Diego needed to come out, so that that was solid. Um, no issues with that one. What no, about actually Gallagher uh, coming on. Danny for, Valencia me... came
0: on for Danny Pereira. I thought Danny Pereira for Valencia that was fine, but
1: I thought it was late. But I mean.
0: That's that that's debatable. I'll minute. give him that
1: one. That's fine. And was it uh, culminant for, for Gallagher? Also came yes. on.
0: Yeah, that's that solid. Um, again, that's acceptable. There was no harm and in then that. Then
1: Finley came on in the 66th minute, which Finley's been solid. Uh, coming on. Correct. As a late sub. Right. And and you know, You know, to me, if you if he would have subbed out uh Cecilio instead of Diego, we're probably not having this discussion. Correct. So that's where, that's where, that's where he made, that's where he made the air. Cause you know, the 71st minute maxi for Amusa, that right. seems to be like clockwork. And you know, that, that's just one of his penciled in subs that, that he has. Correct. So. And I think Finley coming on is
0: penciled in at this stage of the season as well. It's just that, he subbed out the wrong guy. He subbed happening. out the wrong guy for a multitude of reasons <laughs> and I, for the light, and, it, and it ended up burning us because Cecilio had to come out. He should have anticipated um, first of all, Cecilio was the one playing worse at that point of the two.
1: Right.
0: Um, he was coming off an injury and he wasn't looking like he was as strong as he was in the first half, if that made sense.
1: No, it doesn't. If
0: I were to look at the beginning of the second half and say, who needs to come off the field? Cecilio, not Diego. I don't get why he didn't switch them back when that flop wasn't working, but definitely the sub for uh, Finley for Diego was the problem. It should have been Finley coming on for Cecilio as a straight swap at that stage of the game. And then you
1: have options going further down the road. So that was issue one. Uh, A little bit on the coaching subs for that here. What was the other issue or what was issue number two?
0: The second issue that is the recurring theme with coaching is we always in every game always seem to come out in the second half flat. And I thought that happened again in Portland. I thought it was less noticeable than it was against Uh, Cincinnati and Miami, but that's probably just because we were playing better against Cincinnati and Miami, so the drop-off was more noticeable than it was in Portland, but I thought there was a drop. When we came out the second half, I thought we were a little bit flat, and to me, I have no explanation other than coaching for that. How can every player every time come out just slightly worse in the second half coming out of the locker room? Those are the two things that, again, give me concern from that game going forward as an Austin FC fan. Because this is my concern, and this is what I said I want to see from Wolf. It's great when you score in the second minute, and you can get up 3-0 or 4-0 in the first half, and you can coast to a five-goal victory, right? Mm -hmm. It's when you get in a dogfight where it's 0-0 or 1-1, and you need to turn a, a tie into a victory or a loss into a draw, can you push the right buttons to make that happen? And I did not I thought that was a prime example of how he did not do that. A one zero loss remained a one zero loss. It didn't, it did not change. It did not morph. We didn't change uh, formations. I don't know if that would have helped or not. Again, I don't know what would have helped, but obviously what we did didn't work, although we were right there, but it didn't come to fruition. And that was kind of the problem. And that's my fear is that it seems like we're always gonna be a goal, under where we should be in these games where coaching makes that
1: difference. It's hard to argue with that. To, to me, we're, when, when I look at the stats on uh, on the game there, you had a goal uh, goal called back uh, due to offsides, which was a valid offsides. Um, yeah,
0: that was definitely offside. Even with my Austin FC Verde glasses <laughs> on, that was an offside.
1: <sighs> but they just had they had so many opportunities mm-hmm. and they just couldn't they couldn't get it converted right and and, and you're gonna have those games um I took it just to being honest with you um I did my power rankings or well, I haven't released them yet because uh, I still got a, a little bit more work to to, to fine tune them i I have Austin FC in the top 10 as far as my power rankings with you know within MLS. Um, and I think, you know, when you look at you, when you look at their opening wins, yeah, yeah. They were against Cincinnati and inner Miami. Um, but they didn't just win those. They pounded them into the ground. True. Yes. And then they went on the road in one of the toughest environments in MLS, probably top five, I would estimate. And, you know, I'm not an Austin FC, you know, you know, homer fan you know along those lines i thought they were unlucky you know you know to me that game could have ended 1-1 and i thought that would have been a fair result i, I think portland uh sneaks out of there uh with you know with you know with 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 the 1-0 win um just just to me like i, said, I just i thought it was a great performance from austin fc because they're not good they're not going to win every game 5-0 and this is one of right. those first, this is, this is one of those first matches where everything didn't go their way. And I think if you had this game last year, instead of losing one, Oh, they probably lose two or three, nothing.
0: Absolutely. Um, I would agree along, with that
1: along, along those lines. So if, you know, if you're an Austin FC fan, does it suck that you didn't get a point and you probably deserved the point? Yes. But if you're looking at, Hey, the upcoming season, you know, to me, you have to th- you know you have to think Austin FC, and I know it's three games in, so you know just take this with a grain of salt. To me, I think you know Austin FC, you would ha- you know especially if you're a homer, you have to be thinking playoffs is a, is a possible playoffs is a real possibility. Where I know last year people were kind of sucked in sucked into it, where they had a couple of games, you know, to start saying hey we're a playoff team. I think this year you guys are legitimately uh, legitimately a playoff team now i'm not talking about being top of the conference but you know by any means but i think you could contend for you know you know spots you know five six or seven you know along those lines uh you know for that here just because they play very well at home um you know so if you're an austin fc fan to me there was a lot of positives in this game and i know you mentioned you know you know a little bit of you know the maybe uh, a more mature Wolf if that's such a thing or not as stubborn, (laughs) uh, which I believe is the word that you use, uh, you know, uh, for that here. But I don't think – last year I don't think Wolf switches at halftime to try. Now, did he keep it too long? For me, I don't think so. 20 minutes isn't that long in a soccer game. Um, He did flip him back. Now, you know, you could argue the sub issue along those lines, but – to me, I, I thought Austin FC, like said here, and, and I've said it before, w- was unlucky. I, I, you know, I think any other night they come away with at least a goal.
0: Well, I guess we see how that plays out going forward. Yes, it is three games into the season. It's not panic time for me as an Austin FC fan. I think a lot I, of the uh, prevailing uh, thoughts around here, though, are overly optimistic about how that game went and not. Um, they're looking at it as, oh, wow, being right there in a game at Providence Park and almost getting a draw is pretty good. Um, but
1: I think which, you have to look at which it last, is from last year to this year.
0: Correct. Comparing it to last year, that's good. But it's still not as I, – I think we're still
1: just slightly underperforming where we that should be with our talent enough. level. So I know you're not able to watch this here, but uh, in CONCACAF Champions League, this is our CONCACAF talk. Mm-hmm. uh uh communications um communications de Guatemala is now up 4 to 2 on NYCFC in the aggregate. Oh wow. Is 5-5 five, five now. Yeah, that's that's exciting. Um and <laughs> the last goal here was a shot from a good 10 yards ab- above the top of the box. And Sean Johnson didn't even move. Wow! I watched that
0: first leg, and I didn't think comunicaciones was had a prayer of. Well, they didn't have like a prayer because
1: they were holding up, holding up with them. Uh, NYCFC, NYCFC, you know, started out a, go- a goal early too. So, uh, oh, we so if it holds now, it is in the 90th minute right now. If it does hold, New York City would still advance because they've got more away goals uh, right. for that here. So that is your CONCACAF update. Uh, a surprising match, you know, six <laughs> minutes of time here. So we'll, That was we'll going to have- be my question.
0: We're going to have one of these stupid away goal boondoggles <laughs> now. Uh, I well, hate, there's nothing in soccer. It, I hate more <laughs> than the stupid away goals rule. That 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 to me is just insane. I hate that.
1: Yeah, it's five five, but because New York City has scored two on the road, that uh, they're gonna get to advance, assuming yeah. that they hold out. But that would be that would be interesting if if they uh choke it away, right?
0: Absolutely. Um now before we get on to USL, because I I'm excited to get some USL talk from you today, but before we do that, uh do you have any comments on Houston and Dallas actually getting wins this week?
1: Yeah, so Houston came back uh, from an early goal down uh, with a brace by uh, Darwin Quintero. Talk is in Houston that there's another player signing that's coming. It hasn't came out as of yet who it is or when it will be coming, um, but they need more help offensively, obviously. Um, Obviously. So, but uh, it was a good win for Houston um, because, you know, they already, you know, the art was RSL, uh, was this a draw, right? Yeah. Zero, here. zero. That's actually not looking like a bad result now because RSL has beat Seattle and has beat New England, uh, as well. Now, both of those, you kind of put a little bit of an asterisk cause you know, they are in uh, the CONCACAF champions league, but you still got the result when it matters, uh, for that here. So I think, you know, for Houston, they did get one and then uh, Dallas beat Nashville, uh, 2-0, uh, very late. I know you mentioned that you watched some of that game. Yeah, uh, I watched a little bit of both of those. I watched some of the Houston game. I got to see their second goal.
0: Um, and I watched Dallas basically from the start of the game until 70, 70th minute and change. And I just thought it was a incredibly painful, boring, <laughs> nonsensical game to watch. And I honestly, because that's, I flipped it because that's when Austin was kicking off, right? It was Mm -hmm. 60-something minute, and then I went back and forth between pregame and uh, the Dallas match until Austin actually kicked off about 10, 15 minutes later. And I just assumed that was going to end in a 0-0 draw because that's, it had the look of that type of game, right? Where neither team was doing anything for three-fourths of the match. Why would they do anything in the last 10-15 10-15 minutes but I guess give credit to Dallas they did do something in the last 10 minutes and they came away with a 2-0 victory
1: so and I know we're kind of apples and oranges uh from this year to last year but so far three games in uh Dallas at six points uh you know in you know fifth overall uh for that would be uh third out west uh, LA and Salt Lake have seven Uh, Colorado's Oslo at six, LA Galaxy's at six. Correction, uh, Austin has six in third place. Yeah, Austin, yes. Um, Dallas and Houston both have four points. So if we're talking about comparing this year to last year, so far the uh, Copa Teos team's MLS style have uh, got off to a a decent start. Not great, but a decent start, I think, you know, for Austin FC – I think if they would have got got a draw on you know in portland that would be there and i know they face uh uh seattle uh coming up this weekend right
0: yes on saturday q2
1: q2 in seattle i believe is in mexico right now and they'll play on thursday uh they'll be coming back from leon so they'll play thursday through there so and, and I don't want to discount, uh, discount it here, but Austin may get a rotated, a heavily rotated uh, Seattle Sounders lineup again because at, at this stage in the, champ- in, in the CONCACAF Champions League, that's got to be your priority, right? Just because we're so early in the season? I would think so.
0: I mean, they got a pretty decisive victory at home in the first leg, but it is Leon, and going down to Mexico is not, and playing Leon is not easy. So I would think they would still need to take their and as we're seeing. With make that uh, a priority.
1: NYCFC that was up three one. Mm-hmm. Uh you know away it's four two. So it's you know right. I know everybody's thinking, hey, can we get, you know, a all MLS uh was it quarter or semifinal uh for yeah. that here? So that that
0: again. I think that might be wishful thinking by some people. But the other thing I would say about Seattle is, I lived in Seattle. Um, it's a drain to go from Seattle to pretty much anywhere, but going from Seattle to Mexico to Austin, that's tough. That's a that's a pain to have to do. Um, I have actually made that trip, believe it or not. So I've I've done that, and it's a it's a lot of travel.
1: Yeah, but. You figure they're already in Leon right now, right? I would hope so. Well, they don't that have to be, be there my Thursday, right? Leon. Yeah, it's a four-hour flight, so to me, and that's a full time. So NYC does advance uh, based on away goals. Uh, for the, for the <laughs> away <year, so>. goals. <laughs> that's how they advance. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, and it would be chartered too, right? I think MLS flies chartered at this point. Uh, yeah, the trip uh, I from assume Leon Seattle as well.
0: Yeah, from Leon to Austin isn't going to be that bad, but you're going to travel, I presume, on Friday and then play on Saturday. That's still not easy.
1: And that's what I'm saying is it's probably going to be a heavily heavily rotated uh, roster for that. Now, I believe it was Seattle last year that played its two team academy team, if I remember correctly. Yeah, like it's under 18 team. I want to say they did they win or did they tie? I know Austin was like, hey, this shouldn't have happened. No, they absolutely won. They put on. I know Austin did not win. I, I know that for a fact.
0: No, they uh, put on Rui Diaz probably at about the 70th minute because they were shocked to be 0-0 <laughs> in the 70th still minute. in it. <laughs> they put on Rui Diaz and he scored almost instantaneously <laughs> and they, they won that game.
1: So. I was there for that one. <laughs> So Austin FC fans, uh, even if it's a heavily rotated uh, roster, they're not going to take it lightly. I, I would hope that they uh, wouldn't take it lightly. But uh, to me, you know, to me, it's one of those things where, you know, you could see, in my opinion, you could probably see Austin have a pretty convincing win over Seattle, unless Seattle rotates it against Leon. Um, but I just don't think you do that. I think you try to get the guaranteed next round out I would of the way. Agree with that. I would expect um, that, but we'll see for that here. So, but yeah, no, to me for, you know, wrapping up the MLS uh, coverage here, uh, Austin plays uh, Sounders uh, for that here. And then hold on, let me switch back over here.
0: Which again, for all the reasons we just went through that game,
1: I don't know how much it's going to tell me either. Yeah, I don't think it'll tell you a lot. Um, Dallas uh, gets uh, the Timbers and then uh, houston and colorado so that houston colorado is interesting i didn't think colorado would be as well but uh since they you know that first match they, they've stepped up and uh i think that match is for dallas houston is in dallas right
0: the timbers match i think they, yeah, they played, was, in dallas, played stadium
1: yeah, yeah. So Dallas, well, actually, all the Copa Teos teams are at home this week with uh, uh, the Northwest and Colorado's uh, Colorado Rapids coming here. So it's it's to me it, it would be I think the uh, Dynamo have the toughest match against the Rapids. Um, I'm still not a believer in the Timbers. I think all the stuff surrounding uh, the Timbers. That's some we don't point, want to talk about. That do we? <laughs> no, but I do think I do think at some point that is gonna start to weigh. Uh weigh a little bit more the more of that stuff comes out. But it almost has on. to. That, that's such
0: a bad story. I don't even wanna
1: Yeah, it just but t- to me, I, I downgraded Portland, you know, in, in my previews here just it's just like with Chelsea, you know, the, the stuff with it at some point it's going to catch up mentally, you know, with, the, with, with the team. Now I know not comparing the two together cause they're completely different, but when you have outside factors that, that are coming into play, you know, you know, as much as you can try to not think about it, you know, you know, the players are thinking about it and along those lines. So, mm-hmm. but moving to USL, uh, it finally kicked off. Um, RGV got a one Oh win over the Oakland roots. Uh, I think the big thing coming out of that match, um was the RGv defense they stepped up um they got a goal by Frank Lopez in the 34th minute if you you know if you if if you like following like the momentum momentum uh things along those lines there to, to kind of see how the ebb and the flow of the game is really the roots t- weren't involved they had two shots the entire game neither were on frame and you know like I said here it was you know it, it just you know they're they're, you know just you know RGV came out very defensively which you know is how they want to play and they controlled the game um like I said here probably wasn't it wasn't the prettiest game to watch uh for it here you know RGV still got issues trying to score you know they had 13 shots one on target which was their goal uh sounds very familiar as Austin FC where they had multiple shots and they didn't have any on goal um El Paso uh, went out to Sacramento, <sighs> lost 3-1. However, they had a PK save in the ninth minute uh, that they, that you know, if they could have scored. Um, and then uh, Emmanuel Snoopay uh, scored in the 27th minute uh, for that here. Uh, Sacramento pulled one back on a PK, which you know, I'm surprised Evan Newton didn't get a red card on uh, for it here. Just, you know, it, it, it was bad um you know rodrigo lopez who played for rgb last year got it scored you know put it 1-1 and then late in the game our, you know um, el paso was pushing up quite a bit and got countered on twice in the 84th minute in the 90 plus one for a 3-1 uh match um the days of el paso being slow and setting back are over to me they're playing a lot like san antonio does uh where the more high pressing attacking quick on the wings along those lines so uh el paso will be a team to kind of watch this year as far as for attractive playing style if, if you like that up tempo uh match uh they've got speed uh for that here and then uh san antonio uh wasn't the prettiest one uh but they did win 1-0 over detroit city uh, i think the biggest thing is detroit city showed that you know nisa you know now they had the nisa all-star team you know as we make fun of them but they had quality depth uh is going to be a team that's going to you know going to be solid in in usl championship uh san antonio very good defensively uh goal was scored by former austin uh bold uh, fabian garcia my man uh, on an assist from justin Dillon. uh through there on kind of a turnover you know you know kind of deep in in detroit um and and then you know but you know dylan popped it up and, and and fabian you know you bounced off of him into the goal so you know good good goal for uh, fabian garcia but it was wasn't the prettiest game uh san antonio was out to you know a few of the offensive stars that you thought that were going to be there were out with injuries so uh striker position was a little thin but you know when when is a win on opening day it wasn't you know the 5-0 that uh, austin fc got against cincinnati but uh like I said here uh three points to the good and, and uh, san antonio goes out to los dos this week uh los angeles Ooh, i don't know if you know this and i would love to hear your thoughts on this <laughs> so at Breaking this time in. there are tickets to the san antonio fc match because uh-huh. it's they're doing a double header however for the rest of the year supposedly it's closed door so, like Phoenix, if they, they were planning, you know, playing uh, LA Galaxy two, they're not selling tickets to those games.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Your thoughts on a division, a USL Division two team, not selling tickets for here? And and to be fair, I wish Jake Edwards and the USL would have would have put their foot down and said, all you know," because there's four MLS two teams that are still in the league. You know, right. L, you know, uh, you know, Los Dos uh, Atlanta United two, New York Red Bulls two and Loudoun United. I wish they would have said, hey, thank you. But, you know, you know, go to MLS next uh, pro, um, you know, you know, you know, we'll, we'll we'll see We'll see you there. Um to me, to me, like said here, that's that's a disgrace. Yeah, or in grace may be a hard word, but t- to me it it's is not it's,
0: just... it's a disgrace, it's a travesty, it should not happen, it's embarrassing, <laughs> it is ridiculous, it is unprofessional. I don't know what else I can say. I mean it's absolutely pathetic um and should not be allowed in division two professional soccer in the United States. And of I would America. even say
1: division three as well. If you're a professional league, sell tickets to the match.
0: <laughs> what I can tell you because I actually had to when I was looking for the San Antonio match uh, what I can tell you is that Los Dos is going to be on ESPN Plus and as far as I can see every game that they play this entire season is going to be broadcast on ESPN Plus as is Red Bulls 2 um, so the MLS 2 teams have something going for them there uh, because well, they're all okay. over ESPN Plus
1: and we haven't got into this, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do. You know, I have a, a sister podcast that, that I'm gonna do here beyond the San Antonio one. Is I'm gonna talk to uh, about MLS Next Pro. Mm-hmm. MLS Next Pro is not on ESPN Plus. It's gonna be on the league's website, which I don't, I don't know, know if you've checked out that website. It's uh. bare bones <laughs> uh, to say. Checked out oh. is a generous way to put it. Yes, a lot of. And, and, and you know, we're, we're kind of transitioning to just the odds and ends here.
0: But we will get back to San Antonio because I have some things to say, but let's go with the MLS next now. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> well, no, I, I just I, I'll I'll have a better better understanding of it next. Uh, probably next week uh, for here. So I'm probably going to save it for it here just because There are some rules and this will be very interesting for Austin FC fans. Mm -hmm. I know they're not in it this year, but next year they will have a team, you know, it's been announced. St. Louis city is gonna be bringing in a goalkeeper for, you know, that had opportunities to go to some bigger clubs over in Europe. I think he's 31, I forget the name of him, but most likely he's gonna start out playing in MLS next pro so you can sign players to there or loan players to there and it and it doesn't count against your your MLS well loans count because obviously they have to be on on your budget but if you sign a player directly to your MLS next pro that's a separate team compared to now with with for that here so I'm interested in kind of seeing how the rules kind of shake out with some of the experts on it that's that's delved into it. And we'll definitely be kind of you know going more more into details on the MLS next. So, your thoughts on San Antonio FC?
0: Um, Again, my man Fabian Garcia. I told you to watch out for him. I thought (laughs) it was a painful first half to try to get
1: through. It was horrible.
0: (laughs) It was one of the
1: slowest halves that i've had yeah. to sit there's some games where <laughs> you look up and it's halftime you're like holy crap we're, you know right we're the half, this game this here was not one of those why, games <laughs> dude it's only been five minutes Ugh.
0: this this is one of those games where i was watching it delayed um and it was all forward. i could do not to hit the fast <laughs> forward exactly because that first half was just a slog to get through um
1: second but, wasn't much better. Obviously.
0: No, but it it was better than the first half. <laughs> <laughs> but again, I thought, you know, San Antonio did what they ne- needed to do, which was come out and get a win at home in their opening game. Yes. Um I expected a more attractive product from SAFC. Uh but again, it's the first game. We'll see how that goes. I mean, San Antonio didn't Correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't really look great in preseason, and they didn't do a lot early. Am I wrong on that? They signed a lot later in the a in
1: lot the process. They're still me. thin on the roster. Exactly. They're still very thin on the roster. Um, so, so this is not
0: a fully formed, fully fleshed out, fully cohesive
1: product yet that we're seeing, is what I'm. Not what yet, I'm thinking, but this this was San Antonio's pre pre uh, preseason and it, it, to me, it's not a recipe for success. Um, so I think you're gonna have it a little slower than normal start of the season for San Antonio. Mm-hmm. But they started camp. We had the freeze. yeah, you know, I think it started camp on a Tuesday. had that free, you know the the winter storm, you know, San Antonio mm-hmm. Austin, that Thursday Friday. The following week, they went up to Dallas, um, got rolled. It was, what, 5-0, 4-0 early in the half, and and Dallas had been in camp a couple weeks. Came back home, played uh, Dynamo 2 uh, for that here, and beat them to a a goal goal in each half. Looked okay. Played Tulsa, uh, close, you know, USL championship. Quality was open up to the fans. I was actually up in Austin, you know, for a club game. Uh, so I didn't get to see it, but it was uh, you know they lost 1-0, but it was it was a very defensively, uh, ga- you know, defensively game. Nothing, you know, obviously, you know they didn't they didn't score. Um, I think they played about sixty some minutes um, for the first team, and then subbed out, and the academy came, kids came on and finished strong. The one that I think probably raised a little bit of eyebrows, and it'll be interesting the repercussions of it. Is the very last USL Championship game or last preseason friendly was against uh, El Paso that traveled over from El Paso. Mm-hmm. El Paso played their first team. San Antonio played an academy team, straight up academy team outside of I think you know you know the goalkeepers. Uh, I think Cardoni and Far uh, played. They got San Antonio got rolled 7-0. and, and like I said, it just still, you know now for and in and so from my understanding el paso is not happy at all uh because that wasn't disclosed to them prior you know el paso you know they've had they played they played so many games you know uh you know friendlies if they would have known that hey we're going to roll out our academy team i doubt mm-hmm. they play their you know I, I doubt they go in with with the same mindset so Right. You know, you might say it's a little bit of gamemanship from, you know, from San Antonio not wanting to do it. Um, I know last year when they played RGV, the last match before it, you know, they had some injuries which impacted the start. So I understand part of it, but their preseason, it, 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 you know, it, it, it was horrible. It, it, you know, even yeah. as a San Antonio C fan, you can see why they got off to a slow start. Um, uh, yeah, exactly. Just to, no, and I yeah.
0: and and you know I root for San Antonio FC, and I would probably say the same thing about that game against El Paso that you just did. Um, I get the sense that from outside of San Antonio FC and San Antonio fandom, um, the perception is well that Spurs arrogance for you, um, so it's taken differently
1: from your your rivals. Well, than... I, I I know like like I said, I think it's gamemanship I, I really do. I think that. And, and and I'll say it it was shitty by, by San Antonio. It, it's, yeah. it shows a lack of respect, um, you know, for your opponent and, you know, San Antonio and El Paso, I know we we're Copa Teas rivals, but you know, it's, 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 it's a competitive rivalry, but it's not like RGV San Antonio. Right. It's not like Austin, Austin bold. It's not like Austin FC and, 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 uh, and, uh, you know, you know, San Antonio would be, uh, for that here, but to me, it's, it's, it might be now though, (laughs) at least from the El Paso perspective. Well, the games are always chippy, but I think among the fan bases, there, there's a lot, there's a lot of respect between the two fan bases. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. And I don't, I don't think, I think you'll find most San Antonio fans were not pleased with, with, with those actions. We'll, uh, I'll just leave it at that. So.
0: Right. So I have one question and then a question slash comment to, to finish up on San Antonio um, because uh, absent from the team was uh, our man Kakuta.
1: We're on the Kakutamani money watch uh, out for injury. He was listed on the early report, upper body injury. Um, however, on the game day injury, he wasn't. But if he was on the uh, injury list, questionable uh, for that. Here, yeah, he, like I said here, he was out. Patino was out. Patino wasn't on the the uh, early game injury report that that came out uh, Friday ish, Thursday ish, uh, along those lines. He was right. Patino wasn't listed. Uh, Money was, but, yeah. but I got confused with I think both of them, but especially with Kakuta as to what exactly
0: was going on. Is it they said Something serious? Is he planning to be back in the next week or two, or do we know? This is, or is it MLS typical? where we
1: get the details, this right? It's typical, MLS.
0: and especially with Spurs, it's you don't know what's going on until yeah, it's, <laughs> until they decide they want you to know what's going on.
1: He wasn't he wasn't on the game day injury list, so that tells me it's not serious. Um, yeah, was he not feeling well, and they just tried to err on, on the side of caution? Is it something that where maybe SAFC thought, you know, hey, we're playing Detroit City, should be able to handle them, you know, minus this here? That I don't know. Um, but I'm not even sure. I'm not sure his role as of yet. And that's, the, that's right. the problem with San Antonio is we don't, you know, we don't get to see him during preseason minus, you know, outside of one game. And I guess even with Austin FC, that's, that's probably very similar with MLS nowadays. Right. But that first game is just like, it's like, oh, hey, what do we got? What are we working with? And yeah. when there's injuries, it it, it kind of lays that into it. And, and like I said here, I think you're seeing it with Austin FC. It probably takes about three, four games before you kind of get a real feel of how the season's going to go um, yes. or how the season's going to start, not how a season's going to go, obviously, but how it's going to start. And I think that's where we're at right now with, you know, San Antonio gets, uh, you know, they travel to LA uh, to play LA Galaxy two at a six o'clock game, and then come back uh, the following Sunday um, and play RGV down in RGV for um, (coughs) a match that does not count for Copa Tejas because they play three times uh, for that here, (laughs) and per the Copa Tejas rules. Uh, huh. Because uh, that first match they they don't count in the standings because uh, uh, RGV only plays El Paso twice, so in, in that way you have that 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 fair balance as opposed to San Antonio or RGV having an extra game on El Paso. Okay. So um, no, for San Antonio, I, I think uh, I, I think for all yeah, you know, well, I think for RGV, I know you know listening to da- uh, down in the valley, Edson's was happy content uh it'll be interesting because they play orange county as well so they travel out to the to the west coast uh, as well uh they'll play orange county the defending champs who lost to colorado springs el paso comes home and plays new mexico and that's always a fun match so if you're gonna right. you know, if you're gonna watch a match you know between the three uh three uh, copa teos teams uh the el paso new mexico match is always a must must watch and well, my last thought on San
0: Antonio, and I'm going to roll back to a little bit of Austin FC um, speak as well because you have been down on the glory mint sentimiento jerseys for Austin FC, but now you yep. had a chance to see them on the field in a couple of games on TV with, uh, against Miami and now against Portland. Has that changed your opinion at all of the
1: glory no. mint jerseys? No. They're they're better than uh, San Antonio's black on black. You can't read the number <laughs> shirts. Don't get and me how did you
0: know that? That's where I was about to go with this.
1: Uh, they're, because they're I told you, than, I think they're last... better than that. But to me, you could have done you could have done so much more with it. It's it's a basic shirt. It's, it's yeah. That, yeah. You got a color, but there's nothing else on it.
0: Uh, I I get that point of view. I'm 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 okay with the glory mint jerseys, but I told you last episode I wanted to see how the black San Antonio kits were going to look when they played in them, mm-hmm. and no, they're they're pretty bad. Um, they are. There is at least in, a little bit opinion, of a silver reflective outline to the numbers, but there's they're just they don't look good on TV. They don't
1: look good in person. I was at toyota stadium they weren't they did not look good they they did they did not look they did not look good it just it's i and this is one of those where i think uh, fans are either really pro it or really hate it there's no middle ground but i think for tv announcers for the people that are on the press row for you watching the game at home for yeah. the fans that are in the stands if you don't know who the player is by their their look, their hair, you know, their, their you know, their build unless the light just shines perfectly, you're not going to be able to see it. It's and and I know what you don't know is the ones that the kits that were on the pitch had a little thin line around them, so these were an improvement on what SAFC originally brought out. Right. Yeah. No, so, I could see
0: the outline of the numbers, and I could can if it was if it was not a full field shot. So a full field shot, forget it. You see a bunch of little black blobs running around, right? Um, but if they were a cl- more of a close up shot, you could actually see the numbers yes. like the reflection lit up silver and you could actually distinguish the numbers if it was a close up shot um forget it on the sponsor logo i don't know how the sponsor <laughs> can well, possibly be happy with that um me. and you can't read the names i mean forget the names so if you don't know who the what number what person is wearing what number already you're not going to be able to figure it out by just catching a glimpse of the outline of the number from time to time on the TV. Uh, on the TV, they just look they look like a bunch of refs running out there is what they look like. They look like referee outfits. So I'm i am not happy. San Antonio, to me, has always had some of the best uh, uniforms, especially in USL, but probably in all of camps, I US think. soccer.
1: When you watch their Um, away kits this week, I think they're gonna stand out. Like I I love the away kits. But to me for San Antonio FC, if you just go to their Twitter page um and you look at their little circle, if you don't look close, it looks like a black dot. And that's basically what they look like. It just it's you know that's what
0: they look like on TV is little black dots running around.
1: It just is So I I totally get that. I'm I'm a yeah, I'm a fan of my club, but no, it was...
0: And I'm not opposed to all black kits. We have an all black Lobos kit, you know, well, um, but it's got some design in it. It's not just a referee kit. Right. Um, and that one just on TV, there's nothing that, that makes me like that, that uniform. I think San Antonio needs to take a hint from the fans. I know some of the fans probably really love it and are vocal about it but I think if they pull the fans that's not gonna be a popular look for this team because I just can't tell anything on TV and I don't know how the league and the referees and and I don't know how the Spurs would let them get away with that because that can't be good for drawing in new fans
1: I don't know we've been around this <laughs> I am not a fan. That's all I can say. It's it's the Austin kit, you know the 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 mint green. You know it it is what it is. Um, I didn't like the mint green and the Portland green. I didn't like that as far as it it didn't play well on TV. But you know both teams' primary colors are green, so you're you're going to have that aspect of it here. But. No, but Austin uh, doesn't have an option. They're going to have to wear green. They've got green
0: and black stripe, or they've got the mint <laughs> green away. Those are the only two kits they have, so, so they will wear green. And I, I have guess Portland one just got
1: here. hurt. I have one question for you, and this is my final question. You know, for you before. we'll have two <laughs> questions. Okay. One, uh, any any word on the Lobos or the Hornets as of yet that you want to disclose or that you can say anything?
0: Oh, absolutely! So we've been um, discussing for CTX Hornets. We're going to have our first practice as a team, formal practice on March 29th, which will be a Tuesday. Um, we've invited some of the local high school players to come out. Uh, ladies on high school teams have been invited out to that as as an invitation only practice. But if you're listening and you're a high school player here in the Austin uh, or Hayes County area and you want to come out and have a free session with the Hornets and test your skills and be seen by the coach, come on out. Just drop us a line and we'll we'll talk to your high school coach now that that's over and we'll set you up for the 29th and be happy to invite you out to practice with us. Uh, We'll be going on that soon. As for Lobos, no, I can't drop the bombshell yet. However... I believe I should be able to drop some news by next week. I know we're organizing a kit reveal and you've seen our community kit Mm -hmm. uh, design. So can we safely say it's not a San Antonio all black or a Austin mint green kit? I can confirm that. (laughs) Uh, And so we'll also be doing a kit reveal and we will be announcing our head coach. We just signed the head coach for the season and we're going to be going full force with Lobos this season. Uh, Working out, we should be back at Bob Shelton Stadium out in Kyle. The seasons will kick off on May 14th for both Hornets and Lobos. We will not be doing double headers. We will have (laughs) night games this year for both and individual games for both. So we'll have some schedules dropping, and but I think everybody's going to learn a lot in the next week to two weeks about both teams and both leagues, UWS, and uh, some announcements coming from GCPL for the Lobos and what we're going to be doing this season. That's about all I can give you today, but again, stay tuned, and we'll have more information probably next week. Hornets, we're organizing our formal open tryouts and they will be in April, probably the weekend following Easter break. So we're just finalizing the dates and times. We'll have at least one, but probably two opportunities for ladies interested in open tryouts to come on out. Um, We were hoping to try to get one in where um, college players are available, Um, but we'll definitely have one the weekend after Easter. So probably Saturday,
1: maybe Sunday after Easter, but I'll announce those specific dates and times next week. Then my final question to you, and this is a a question that the Striker Texas put out. Uh Uh-oh. If you were to pick a capital of soccer in Texas, is there one? Oh boy. I really don't want to answer
0: this question.
1: I said no, because like for San Antonio yes they've done well um supporting lower league soccer but whenever they get the opportunity to take that next step something happens they don't have an investment in the women's game um professionally Um, obviously you got the Athenians Austin I said still in the honeymoon phase Mm -hmm. uh for it here but Austin did not support the Bold and didn't really support the Aztecs. You know, they had decent support, and part of it was where they played. No beer. You know, other things. There. I would but
0: disagree. I, I thought there was fairly good support for Aztecs PDL. I thought once they moved up, there were some issues. But,
1: but, the, like I said, decent. You know, uh, for that right here. Um, but Austin does, especially, have some good high school programs that, that are going on um, as well. And then, of course, I did my little digs of, of saying, let's see if Austin can really build it or will they just raid uh, you know, San Antonio like they've done with the Austin FC Academy, uh, Academy right now They've took uh, some of San Antonio's uh, top uh, Academy kids. Houston, uh, to me, is a small market or they act like a small market where, you know, I'm like, where are the stars uh, for the men's and women's side? Um, the plus is they do support men's and women's um, both at the top level here. Um, which no other city in Texas can say that, but high schools, typically you don't see a lot of the elite, you know, academies, you don't typically see in a lot of elites. And I'm not saying that they're bad, but I think you see more through there. Dallas, I think if you're talking about a capital, if we were talking about developing Mm -hmm. players, Dallas Fort Worth with high school and all the academy programs and, and, you know, through there it's Dallas by far, you know, if you look at high school soccer, there will be several state champions from that DFW area. Problem is, is FC Dallas. Um, you know, they don't invest in the first team or haven't invested in the first team. They don't support their first team along those lines. El Paso, um, I put out because that was, you know, that, that was kind of the listing where, where the striker Texas, you know, they got all their, of all of their reporters with the exception of RGV area. Um, El Paso, like I said here, you know, they do a great job supporting the Loco, however they play in a baseball stadium. And I think the number one team in El Paso uh, is Juarez, so they support a Liga MX team. So, can you really? Yeah, I noticed they, they dropped
0: the Texas map and they didn't have a pin on El Paso for an option. <laughs> so, I did catch that. Good job, Striker Texas.
1: So, to me, I don't really think any teams can claim that they are the capital of Texas because all of all of us have some positives all of us have some negatives to, and, and, and like said here, uh, you know, for that here and, and like said here, you know, on my comment, you know, to them, you know, I mentioned that, you know, I want to continue to see the growth, you know, in Houston, Dallas, Austin, San Antonio, El Paso, RGV, because I do think San, uh, Texas can be a capital for, you know, for the United States to be a pinpoint of, you know, like California, like Florida, there's no reason why Texas just has to be a football only state or, you know, basketball state here. Soccer is, you know, can be huge potential down here. Uh, I think we're starting to see a lot, lot more of the um, suburb cities like the four A schools are starting to build out a little bit more soccer uh, programs here, um, which will only benefit. uh, Benefit uh, through I know around San Antonio, all the surrounding through here uh, have done that, and you're seeing that up in North Texas, over in Houston, um, over in Austin, you know, for that here, so. To me, like I said, I I don't, for me personally, I don't see how you can pick one. I know, you know, Austin FC fans are going to say, hey, it's us. It's only been a year. Um, And and yeah, you guys have amazing support, but the history doesn't match with what the current day is. And, And I understand, you know, that, you know, MLS is different than lower league soccer, but you can't say you're the best, in my opinion, if you didn't support the lower leagues either.
0: Well, I think we have a different take on Austin, and I really, really, really didn't Not want to have, have the right answer <laughs> to this question. Yeah, <laughs> I really didn't. Um, but here's what I'm going to have to say. If you're forcing me to choose, is there a soccer capital in Texas? And I'm looking at the soccer landscape. I. It pains me to say this. But it would be Dallas. I mean, at this point, it has to be Dallas. My biggest knock on Dallas, because I think Dallas has it all over us historically, from youth to high school to Indoor. college with the you know NCAA programs and and all up and down. They're supportive, you know, producing players, national team players. Uh, they host events and they go over like crazy with you know. Uh, Gold Cup or whatever. Um, I think it's got to be Dallas however The only way you can really truly say that is if you completely ignore the women's game And I'm not one that's going to do that Um, So my biggest knock on Dallas is where's the support for the women and I'm not seeing that in the DFW area comparable to Houston, for example, Um, or even Austin. I know we don't have a professional women's team here, but I think, and I hope it's coming, and I think it will be well-supported. And I know like the UT women's program is very well-supported here locally. The FC Austin Elite has been well-supported for a lower league team. Um, So I believe it's Dallas, but I do have my knock on both the women's game and, as you said, I'm gonna give them a pass on FC Dallas because they don't play in Dallas. They play in Frisco and
1: come on, Frisco. the area. Come on
0: here. No, it's not. That that's like saying Georgetown is part of Austin and it's just not. Is Pierce all part of San Antonio? I don't think so. It's Frisco is not. I would love to ra- <laughs> believe me, I want to rag on Dallas, but I'm gonna to have to give them that. Frisco is not Dallas.
1: It just isn't. I do think though, the sleeping giant though is Houston they could they could be they could be special now the question is will they ever do it that's that's the question Um, and the
0: answer is no because it's houston and houston (laughs)
1: sucks austin though i think you know for me you know we got to give austin here a couple years to see till they get past the honeymoon phase and i know austin fc fans may not like to hear that but it's you know it's like Charlotte. Charlotte sold out 74,500 people to, to their to their stadium. Um, you know for you know for the first game against LA Galaxy. Um, it's it's the new kid on the block. Uh, St Louis is gonna you know sell out their stadium when it's built next year. Um, but let's give it a couple of years. Let's not forget Houston used to sell out every game um, as well. You know when they were winning when when they first relocated from uh, San Jose. You mean when uh, they were so. the San Jose Earthquakes with orange jerseys on that team? Uh. Yeah, they relocated. Yes, uh, but we we won't dwell too much into that. <laughs> uh, San Antonio, uh, and they've gave no indication as of yet. Um, but to me, you, you can't put you, unless San Antonio actually opens up to the women's game, um, even if it's even if it's the. Uh, the, the Super League that's coming up, which, oh, I, did you catch the big news on the Super League for USL? Oh, yeah. It's going to be the international calendar. So that will be interesting. And I think it's actually a test, uh, you know, for the men's side, because I know that's something that Jake Edwards wants to do as well. So final thoughts for you before we get you out of here?
0: Final thoughts for me is come out and support your local soccer programs, especially the lower league, and support all the local players because I think that's really what we want to see is this grassroots movement, building soccer from the ground up with the local stars coming through the lower league programs. So I would just hope that everybody out there stays safe, goes out and enjoys soccer. It's going to be a great summer, I do believe, and come out and support your local teams.
1: So mine, and said, I do this for my show as well here, is – you know, we you know, recently we've lost, you know, the starting goalkeeper for uh, Stanford University uh, to suicide here. You know, if if you're ever having any issues, if you need to talk to somebody, you know, I'm, I'm sure, David, you can reach out to David. You could reach out to me. You could reach out. You know, there's a million people that you can reach out to. If you don't want to reach out to us, you can always please call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. Like said here it's and and like said here mental health both for men and women and kids uh please do not ignore it uh you know because the stanford goalkeeper had you know what seemed like a on the outside a perfect life and i know nothing's perfect uh but you know she was a hell of a player had had all all the potential and and unfortunately there were some demons that uh uh, nobody knew about so please uh if you have any you know like said here if you need any assistance need need anything along those lines. Uh, please talk to somebody uh for that here just you know, like I said here it's to me that's you know no matter what show i do that's something that i am going to be hyping once again this year is uh the mental health aspect that uh we all can use um no matter what stage of life you're in you're here david it was a pleasure uh we went the 90 minutes uh for here but we're not going to do any extra time